This is Come and See by Father Ron Baird for April 21st, 2011, Monday, Thursday. The Gospel is taken from the book of John, chapter 13, verses 1 through 17 and 31 through 35. This is a special presentation of the Voices of Easter. Here I am at the edge of this cliff. This rope around my neck getting ready to tie the other end of the limb of this tree. How did I ever get into such a mess? Whatever brought me to such a desperate end? I know I was a tool of Satan. He entered my mind and my heart and my body and he controlled my every move. I was willing to do whatever he wanted me to. I also know I was a pawn of the religious leaders. They looked relentlessly for some opportunity to arrest Jesus without creating a riot. And I gave them that opportunity. See? I wanted to hurt Jesus more than anybody. Why? Because of his passion. You could see it in his eyes. Every time our money sack came up short of cash. He knew I was stealing. He knew how selfish and contradictory I was how I always put myself in front of others. Yet he always... I was ashamed. That shame led to hatred. Hatred brought me to this cliff, this tree. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not here because of the Sanhedrin and the religious leaders. They could care less if I live or die. They paid me my 30 pieces of silver, and I'm of no concern to them anymore. And I'm not here because of Satan either. I'm sure he'd probably like to see me die. It doesn't matter anymore. I know who's the one. Sure, they all used me. But I alone am responsible for this rope around me. You see, the whole situation came to a head at the Passover meal. The disciples had joined Jesus in the upper room for this solemn observance. Most of the talk around the table was about the festivities over the next seven days, and occasionally someone would bring up how the Romans mistreated us and, and, and how they threatened our way of life, but mostly we talked of love and our loyalty to Jehovah. I could hardly stand it. Then suddenly, Jesus interrupted our conversation and said one of us would betray him. shocked 
Charlotte, they're asking, is it I, Lord? Is it I, Lord? And then he said, I'm getting fine at this moment. All eyes immediately turned to me. My hand was in the air. I quickly withdrew it. My anger flared. I had been hiding my hatred for him for so many months. And now in this one brief moment, he had exposed it for all to see. Sure, I had already been to the chief priest with my plan. And they were glad to accept my offer. Now, I'm sure that John and Peter and the rest of the disciples didn't know. Jesus knew. Again, our eyes met. See, in that moment, still covered with eyes. Why didn't he denounce me? Why didn't he hit me? That I could understand. This unwavering. was beyond my comprehension. I had to get out of there. Indignantly, so as if to make it look like I was denying my betrayal. I stood up and rushed out of the room. I ran straight to the chief priest and I told him we must hurry. As soon as word of my treachery gets out, it will spread through the city fast, so we must act right now. And they agreed. Together we went to Pilate and asked for a detachment of Roman soldiers in case the disciples put up a fight. At first, he said no, and then he said okay. Now, I didn't even know if Jesus was going to be in Gethsemane. But I knew it was a favorite gathering place for the disciples and Jesus, and I knew he might go there and pray in solitude, serenity in the olive trees. So we wound our way through the street. Soldiers, Jewish temple guard, chief priests, and the elders, all led by me. When we got there, Jesus was in the At first, I thought, no, I can't go. And then I could see the shadows at his feet. Apparently, the disciples had fallen asleep. He was rousing them. I quickly stepped out of the shadows. I wanted to hurry up and get there. Now, our torches didn't give off a lot of light. So I had prearranged the sign that I could use to identify him in the darkness. I look back on it now, I, I can see how cruel and Retrous sign it really. I kissed him on the cheek. I would imagine that generations from now, people will recoil in horror and anger at what I did. I betrayed the Lord. 
So here I am at the edge of this cliff. I've been a coward from the start. Now I'm just trying to muster up enough courage to climb this If only I could look into his eyes for one minute. That sound, that sound echoing through my brain, that sound. Can't you hear that sound? Of course you can't. What is it? That terrible sound. It's the sound, the simple sound of a rooster announcing the morning. The sound I've heard thousands and thousands of times before. I'm a simple fisherman. I fish the Galilee at night, and in the morning when I come in with the catch, I hear that simple rooster crowing. One of those sounds that you hear but don't hear. It's part of the landscape. Such a sweet sound. But how could it turn into such a terrible, terrible shrilling sound? Jesus warned me. He knew. He said, Satan would sift me like a farmer sifts his wheat. I said, no. He said, I have faith in you. I will pray for you, and I know that your faith in me will not totally disappear. I said, no, not me, Lord, not me. So how can such a simple sound do that? Well, several hours ago, in the Garden of Gethsemane, the Roman soldiers came and they took Jesus. And in that frenzy, I reached, I grabbed a sword and starting to defend him. I was grabbed and pulled back, but somehow I sliced the ear off one of the servants of the high priest. They pulled me away. The crowd started scattering. All of the disciples were heading out. As they're leading Jesus away, it was just John and Annie and me. We're looking at each other. What had happened? What's going on? 
For some reason, though, we felt that we had to follow him, find out what was going on. So as the soldiers were leading Jesus out through the streets of Jerusalem, we followed a safe distance behind in the dark. We followed the soldiers through the twisted streets to the other side of Jerusalem, where the palace of the high priest was. The high priest is one of the most powerful and rich people in the city, and you can tell by his house. Huge mansion, huge room surrounding this open courtyard. The soldiers took him in through one of the pathways. We followed at a safe distance. But there was a woman standing guard at the final entrance. As we approached, John said, It's okay. Let us pass. He's with me. So she kind of looked at us and said, Come on. So now we are inside the palace. John said, Oh, there's the soldiers taking Jesus into the hearing room. And he follows them. Well, soldiers have been known to arrest and gather up all of the followers of leaders that were causing trouble. And boy, Jesus was causing trouble here. I didn't want anything to do with them. Plus, I'd whacked off the ear of one of the servants that are living here. Someone surely is going to recognize me. This was no place for me. Yet what am I doing here? Well, while John's over there, I thought it might be better if I just mill around, <laughs> blend in with the crowd. So I did. And then I saw over there the woman that let us in at the gate. She says, hey, you, you, yeah, you. You're with him, aren't you? You're with the guy in the, uh, in the hearing room, aren't you? Woman, I am not that man. I don't know who he is. I'm not with them. My gosh, she could get me killed. Wish she would go away. I turned around and tried to ignore her. But yet out of the corner of my eye, she's sitting there talking to their friends. They're muttering. And then one of her friends points and says, Yeah, you. I recognize you. You're with him. What do you mean? I'm not with him. I don't know who he is. You must be mistaking me for somebody else. Go away. Go away. My gosh, twice I could get in trouble and killed in this place. I tried to melt around more. I go over to a fireplace where a bunch of men were milling. Maybe I'm safe over here. So far, a few minutes later, nothing is happening. People are milling around, murmuring. Things are quiet. Maybe those two denials were enough. So I'll be safe so that nothing more will happen. While I'm warming my hands by the fire, about an hour passes. I'm wondering, what's going on inside there? What's happening to Jesus? And then one of the men around the fire says, Hey, aren't you from Galilee? Well, I know my voice is that away. I'm from the North Country, but then there's lots of people in town from Galilee for the, for the Passover. Is he trying to link me to Jesus? I'm not, I'm not out of trouble yet. I told him, no, no, I'm not with that man. I don't, I don't know who he is. I'm not with him. And at that point, I hear, Everyone 
that was the normal sound you don't hear announcing the morning. To me, it was like a bolt of lightning striking me in my heart, reverberating in my ears. <sighs> because that was the sound that proved he knew what was going to happen. He said, I would deny him three times before the rooster crowed. Just as he said. Even though I said, there's no way that I could do this. No way! He knew. He knew that would happen. What kind of ardent follower am I? Here I am, I'm supposed to be one of the disciples. And yet, he knew I would do this. I couldn't even admit. I knew the man. And that sound, that sound of the rooster, will be with me forever. All I can do is hope that one day, one day the Savior will give me an opportunity to show him my love just as strong as I had denied him. In the meantime, this is a sound I'll never forget. And I pray it's a sound he never remembers. My name is Abishua. My friend and I are chief priests in Jerusalem. We have taken over the functions of the temple, and together with the scribes, we are the most powerful religious leaders in Jerusalem. Our authority is unquestioned. Everyone knows our lineage. From the time of Aaron until now, we are God's chosen vessels, His official ministers. We have from we and we alone represent the people of Jehovah. There is no room for discussion, and we have no time for interlopers. That's why this situation with Jesus riled us so. His teachings disturbed the people, not to mention the temple practices. He's a radical. The people must have nothing to do with him. There have been others before him, of course. 
but none as dangerous as he was. His followers were growing in numbers, and they were becoming more militant that he was our long-awaited Messiah. We could not tolerate this threat to our authority. Something had to be done, and we were the people to do it. Jesus of Nazareth came on the scene rather quickly. At first, the crowds were small when he was baptized in the River Jordan by John, that nonconformist. But the crowds began to grow. Hundreds, even thousands of times. This man had to be stopped. We had been plotting his death for months. Does that surprise you? Does it disturb you that ministers of the house of God are planning the execution of a rival? Don't be surprised. Let me put it to you bluntly. We wanted him dead. We thirsted for Jesus' blood. He healed a man with a withered hand on the Sabbath? How dare he can How dare he call himself Lord of the Sabbath? He came to Jerusalem and drove those who changed money out of the temple? He made fools of us. He taught in parables not always understood by the crowds. But we knew he was talking about us. Now our plot to kill him had been in the works for months when one of his followers came to us and offered to betray him. This was our chance to get rid of this troublemaker. His name was Judas, a man of Cherith. And he was sick and tired of all the talk about love and forgiveness. For just 30 pieces of silver. A bargain. They want to hand them over to us. What a bargain. The plot began in earnest. We had just finished our meal when Judas knocked at our door. He had just left Jesus and his followers where they were gathered. Judas told us that they would soon be leaving, most likely by the eastern gate, to the Garden of Gethsemane. Time fleeted. The Passover plot and its details began to take shape. Judas led us to the garden where he had kissed Jesus in an act of betrayal. There, we asked to be him be caught and taken to the house of the high priest. There he received a pretrial hearing by Annas and later stood before Caiaphas to answer the accusations we had leveled against him. My friends and I planned the trial very carefully. We didn't have a legitimate charge against Jesus, but we paid false witnesses to testify. In their testifying, they all condemned Jesus to a position of death. 
members of the Sanhedrin agreed. All except for a few. Joseph tried to say a few words on Jesus' behalf, but did so rather weakly. Our plan is working perfectly. The high priests took Jesus to Pilate, the governor, for sentencing and punishment. We went along to add legitimacy to the trumped-up charges. Pilate had to listen to us. He had no choice. We knew he despised us as we did him, but we hated Jesus more. It was daybreak when we arrived at the governor's residence. We clamored for a hearing. Sleepy-eyed and disinterested, Pilate nonetheless listened to our charges but he kept repeatedly taking the position that Jesus had done nothing wrong. This would not do. We wanted him dead. We had paid a disciple to betray him. We had paid witnesses to lie about him. We had come too far. We could not turn back now. So we sprinkled ourselves amongst the crowd, awaiting Pilate's decision. Once he appeared, our voices, perception, were now raised in defiance. Crucify him! Crucify him! With those words, a chant rippled through the crowd. Jesus must die. All right. All right. That's your part. Yeah. Knew you'd get there. We had come too far. We could not let him get away now. Our plan worked. Woohoo! Pilate turned Jesus over to the crowd. He was taken by Roman soldiers to the place of the skull, where he was crucified like a common criminal. We had a great sense of accomplishment. Then something happened. Pilate wrote a sign on the cross above Jesus' head. He wrote it in Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek so that everyone could read it. It said, Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews? We immediately objected. We said, Don't write King of the Jews. Write what he said. I am king of the Jews. But Pilate stiffened his resolve, and he refused. We got Jesus to the cross, but somehow I think he beat us. We were gilded. He was genuine. We were horrible. He was honorable. We were vicious. He was victorious. When we lifted him up, we put ourselves down. 
And that day, in the infamous day, there were many voices raised, but none as deceptive as ours. Sometimes, Sometimes I hate being, being a chief priest. You have been listening to Come and See by Father Ron Baird. Come and See is a production of St. Andrew's Church in Lewis Center, Ohio. St. Andrew's is also available online at www.standrewspolaris.org. Please join us again when we invite you to Come and See.